Hello and welcome to Bird Nerds, where we delve into the fascinating world of birds and share the joys of observing them. Hi, I am Adil. And I am Mariam. Adil is a bird nerd in the true sense. He can even make a visit to the grocery store a bird watching trip. Well, jokes apart, he loves to travel and is a seasoned bird watcher. He is also quite well informed about butterflies, snakes, and is a certified beekeeper. 2022 was his big year when he traveled the length and breadth of India, covering 23 states and union territories. He was able to spot over 900 birds in one year. He left no terrain unexplored, be it the cold desert of Ladakh or the dry Thar and Kutch deserts, sea coasts and deep seas, Andaman Islands, the Western Ghats, mangroves of Sundarbans and Vidarkanika. the northeast or the himalayan forests he ranked as india's top birder and was also among the top 2 birders in asia in 2022 mariam has a unique eye for a bird watcher while we may be busy scouting the bushes for hidden treasures her eyes will scan the skies and cliffs for raptors often catching a distant raptor's attention we may have missed many birds of prey if not for mariam's nudge she has accompanied me in many birding adventures to leech infested forests Where the leeches have loved her blood, arid places such as the Kutch, Himalayan escapades, and sometimes even waited along with me during heavy downpour to catch the glimpse of a rare leucicla or a quail. She is an accomplished birder with a species count of over six hundred birds. Join us as we walk you through various habitats and exciting bird trails across India. So Mariam, new episode, new birds to talk about, and this week a new habitat as well. Yes, right. This week we move on from the dry scrubland and grassland and walk into beautiful gardens and urban green spaces. The habitat we are discussing this week is carpeted with green grass lawns that are as flat as a pancake, with occasional curves and contours. Paths lined with tall palms and ashoka trees, and further away, flowering trees like the kulmohor, palash, which is flame of the forest, amaltas, golden shar, and simul, which is red silk cotton tree, line the way. Avenues shaded with large canopies of banyan, cirrus, magnificent people, gular, that is cluster fig, and many more such trees. Compounds filled with fruiting trees like neem, jamun, mango, and guava. flowering bushes like roses bougainvillea firecrackers bleeding hearts parijat that is harsingar rangoon creeper also known as dulha dulhan and many other florals that you can only imagine and somewhere hidden is a beautiful pond laden with lily sprawling with life and a tiny footover bridge that takes you nowhere adil i am visualizing a beautiful garden and it seems so calm and meditative I can already hear the musical notes of the morning chorus of birds. Listening to that early morning chorus surely makes the day better. Also, not just gardens, the birds we talk about today can be easily sighted in urban areas near human habitations. Wonderful. Now, which birds would you say are most commonly sighted in such habitats besides the obvious mynas, sparrows and crows? Well, such beautiful spaces, although urban, are filled with happily chirping birds such as the sunbirds, flycatchers, tits, robins, and the usuals that you mentioned, including the Indian jungle crow. 
Listen to our first episode to know the difference between the house crow and the Indian jungle crow. Now, speaking of sparrows, I read about a very interesting conservation initiative. It is a well-known fact that the sparrow population in cities has been declining due to loss of green spaces, disappearance of nesting materials such as hay, lack of nesting areas due to excessive use of glass facades and flat roofs instead of the sloped thatched roofs made of clay and also the rampant use of pesticides. So in Delhi last year, a Guraya Gram on the banks of Yamuna River was set up. Guraya is the Hindi name for a sparrow. So it translates to a village for sparrows. Apart from installing feeder boxes and artificial nests, native grass like jawar, bajra and berries like jungli karonda are being grown to attract sparrows. Since sparrows love feeding on insects, two insect hostels have also been created. Amazing initiative. I hope this is a success. Most of you would be aware that 20th March which just went by is observed as World Sparrow Day to help build awareness. Mariam, do you know what happened in China between 1958 and 62? General Mao identified four pests for elimination to improve sanitation and public health. They were the mosquitoes, rats, flies, and believe it or not, the sparrows. Mosquitoes, rodents, and flies were said to be causing diseases, and sparrows were accused of eating all the grains and crops. This resulted in the Smash Sparrow campaign, which lasted for three horrific years. Sparrows were mercilessly hunted, their eggs broken, nests destroyed, loud noises played that did not let the birds settle down, causing them to drop dead from exhaustion. All in all, a gory massacre. Millions of sparrows were dead, resulting in their near extinction in the region. Do you know what happened then? There were no natural pest controllers left. The ecological balance was disturbed. The crops were now infested with bad insects such as plant hoppers, bugs, borers, worms and the deadly locusts which the sparrows used to eat and control. This resulted in large-scale destruction of crops. Combined with deforestation, poor weather and pesticides, the country was hit by a devastating famine. It is considered to be one of the worst ecological disasters in history. A lesson was learned the hard way and correction measures were thankfully taken, but not before the toll was upon humans. Never a good idea to fiddle with nature's balance. A valuable lesson for all. On our part, we can keep doing our bit like providing water baths, maintaining organically grown lawns and sand stations, and most importantly, by not destroying their nests. Sparrows nest in holes in ceilings, fan cups, ledges, spaces in walls, even lampshades. They are always on the lookout for nest-building material like strings of rope, straws, feathers, etc. Anything which is fibrous. Also providing artificial nesting places is a good idea. I also want to share one more heartwarming story that I read a few days back. There is a 300-year-old haveli or mansion in Bijnor, Uttar Pradesh, belonging to the sheikhs of Sehora, which is known as Guraya Waloki Haveli. This loosely translates to House of Sparrow Keepers. This Haveli is home to, believe it or not, more than 2,000 sparrows. The sparrows live there along with the family of the Haveli owners. So every time the property is passed on to the next generation of heirs, they have to take an oath. 
never to alter the structure of the haveli and not to displace the sparrows living there the sheikh family has been conserving sparrows for generations amazing they are an inspiration for us i feel goosebumps moving on since we do notice a lot of flowering plants they are bound to attract nectar feeding sunbirds or shakarkhora in hindi which is literally sweet lover quite so you can commonly spot the purple rumped sunbird and the purple sunbird as they have a wide distribution across india however the purple rumped sunbird is limited to central and south india both are smaller than a sparrow about 10 cm in size with short tails the male purple rumped sunbird is shiny metallic crimson green and purple above and yellow below as the name suggests the rump is metallic purple female is not so vibrant having olive brown upper parts and yellow underparts as always the female lets the male shine mm-hmm. quite literally in this case ah good one mariam let's listen to the sound of a purple rump sunbird on the other hand the purple sunbird breeding male is metallic blue and purple and can appear all black if you see it from a distance female again is pale being olive brown above and yellowish below non breeding male is similar to a female but also has a broad black stripe running down the throat all the way to the belly that's right do you know that the male plumage gives them their punjabi name kala pida while their behavior provides them with a urdu name phool sungni literally translating to smeller of flowers another interesting name comes from chhota nagpur region sui translating to neel probably a reference to their long slender and curved bills or maybe to their long and slender needle like tongue that they draw out to suck nectar let's hear a purple sunbird sing All sunbirds have a characteristic very long slender down curved bill which helps them probe into flowers to collect nectar and hunt for insects. They help in cross pollinating a lot of flowers because of this characteristic. Birds in general are attracted to red colored flowers while yellow is an invitation to bees. So if you are setting up gardens you can always choose which colors for which kind of animal you want to attract. Well bees are amazing and need to be respected. What about a podcast on bees Mariam? We'll keep that in mind Adil. It is fascinating to watch how the sunbirds hover around flowers selecting one before diving in. Another small size short-tailed bird comes to mind. Let's play a game of guess once again. It is small like a sunbird, yellowish olive green all through having a prominent eye ring. Mariam, you need to ask harder questions. This is the Indian white-eye. It has a small and slender down curved bill. The white eye rings look as if the bird is wearing spectacles. It is a very attractive bird that moves in flocks through trees. They gorge on fruits and berries and like the sunbird they also love nectar. The Indian white eye is extensively found across India except the deserts. In Sagar, Madhya Pradesh, the white eye is known as motichoor after an Indian sweet that in English 
literally translates to crushed pearls, a name probably referring to their eyes. In case any of you, our listeners, can shed some more light on Indian bird names and their origins, then please do so in our podcast comments or by leaving notes on our Instagram feeds, the details of which are available in our podcast summary and also at the end of our podcast. Coming back, in such gardens as described above, there are some very skilled birds lurking nearby. One such tiny bird is well known for its sewing skills. We are talking about the common tailor bird. Locally in Hindi, people refer to it as darzi or tailor. It is a small and restless olive green bird which is white below bearing a rusty colored crown. For its small size, it too has a long down curved bill that it uses skillfully as a needle to sew. Its long tail is often cocked up. If you are alert, this song is sure to reach your ears from afar. And do keep an eye out for movements among leaves. This is a very familiar call. I am sure we all have seen the handiwork of the tailor bird's nest, at least in photographs. Yes, it is quite exquisite. Another great craftsman is of course the Baya weaver bird. In Hindi, Sonchiri or just Baya. They weave wonderful nests that are very scientific and are like retort-shaped pendants that swing with the wind like bulbous pendulums. These nests have chimney-like openings underneath that lead to a central bulbous area where the actual cup-shaped container rests and heading further up leads to nowhere. But it gives the nest the balance required to swing in the strongest monsoon winds and still hold the eggs in their central cup. So do buyers have a different bill than the tailor bird or is it the same kind? Unlike the tailor bird which has a long down curved bill, these weavers have sparrow-like bills that are small and conical, meant to crack open the toughest of grain husk. Their nest colonies are mainly woven on palm and bamboo trees, often by waterfronts and wells making them unapproachable. Their nesting season coincides with the Indian monsoons. The male buyer weaves many partial nests up to the bulbous part, often with the assistance of young adults that serve as apprentices. Okay, does the female come into the picture now or later when the nests are complete? Now, it's the time. The female then hops from one nest to the other, inspecting the build of each one. Once it finds a suitable nest, the female prepares the inner chamber while the male busies himself in completing the nest. Then the process of procreation starts with the mating and the laying of eggs and the incubation by female. Weaver birds are polygamous, so after one successful settlement, the male courts another female so that he may end up having three to four successful nests in one season. Well, buyers are amazing birds to observe. And do you know, Mariam, that when these building parties arrive, they come with a lot of pomp and show. While busy with their construction, these males celebrate the season with joyous chirping and choruses, often fluttering their wings as well. The notes go something like this. What unique ways of wooing. And the females are also very choosy. 
Bayer nests are specimens of excellent craftsmanship. Let me describe the bird also. The male in breeding season has a yellow cap and breast. The face and throat are black. Female is pale with only slightly yellowish underparts. During non-breeding season, they look alike, losing most of the color and although slightly bigger than a sparrow, they seem confusingly alike from afar. India's most famous ornithologist and famed conservationist Dr. Salim Ali spent a lot of time observing and writing about them. Very true. Moving ahead, I can think of another bird that is named so as its call will remind you of a craftsman. Let me play it for you. This is the coppersmith barbet. The tuk-tuk sounds as if a coppersmith is hammering on copper. You can see the bird perched atop trees in the open calling out continuously. It is found commonly foraging on fruiting trees. That's why in Marathi and Hindi, it is known as Tambat and Tambayat, besides many other names. This bird is bigger than a sparrow, is primarily green in color, with a red forehead and a breast patch, with pale yellow around eyes and throat, and green streaking on white underneath. It has a heavy bill, which it uses to carve out holes in tree trunks for nesting. Coppersmith is the most common barbet found across India. I know of one more barbet which is quite widespread. You must mean the brown-headed barbet. It is much larger than the coppersmith being as large as a mina. It has a large thick pinkish red bill and brown colored head, neck, back and breast which are all finely streaked in white like an artist's work. Lower breast, abdomen, wings and tail are all green. There is also a prominent bare eye patch which is orange like in a common mina. While the coppersmith barbet is also known as Chota Basant in Hindi, the brown-headed barbet is called Bada Basanta, probably a reference to their color green, which is the outcome of the coming of spring or Basant in Hindi. Quite deep, na? In Dakkani language, it is known as Kutumra, probably derived from its song. This sound is very distinct from that of the coppersmith. The brown-headed barbet sound is deeper and like a hoot. Their calls are more incessant during summers. A common feature of both these barbets and in fact all barbets is that they have very prominent whiskers at the base of their bills that also act as sensors. Also barbets are primarily green that help them camouflage well in foliage. Many other barbets are similar either to one of the two barbets that we have discussed. So, they will definitely serve as reference points for other barbets. Now, let's talk about the songsters and musicians in this flock of garden birds. I think the most famous and sometimes infamous is the Asian quail. I am certain that most of you would have heard this call in your neighborhood, especially at dawn during the spring and summer seasons. The Asian Coil is currently playing its famous album back here. Do check out your neighborhoods as well. It is a famous songster. And as in all birds, it is the male who sings. Even Bollywood has been charmed by the Coil's notes. I can recall quite a few songs. Adil, I know what you are thinking. Now please don't start singing those songs. Mm. By no means do you sound like a Coil. Oof, that hurts Mariam. Well, quails are crow-sized birds 
and belong to the cuckoo family. They can be usually found on fruiting trees, happily enjoying the produce. The male is shiny black with red eyes and a hooked greenish colored bill. The female is very different, being cryptically patterned in brown, black and white, whereas upper body is heavily spotted with brown and white and underparts have white barrings. If you remember, we talked about sexual dimorphism in our last episode, where the male and female are completely different. Well, I think the Asian quail is an excellent example and so are the sunbirds that we talked about today. Great point there. Now, as Mariam said, it's also infamous. It is a well-known fact that the quail lays its eggs in a crow's nest, which can either be that of the house crow or even the jungle crow. The crow, thinking of them as its own, incubates the eggs and rears the young ones of the quail. This behavior is prevalent among birds of the cuckoo family. They are thus known as brood parasites. Mariam, if you'd have noticed, you'll have seen crows chasing after the quails, especially the males. Well, during this season, while the crows prepare their nests and lay their eggs, they are unaware of the threat lurking nearby. So comes the male quail distracting the targeted crows of their nests. And while they are chasing after the male quail, the female, the lurking threat emerges, quickly dropping one egg of the crows and replacing it with one of its own that it can lay in a jiffy. And then it disappears. Suspicious crows often inspect the eggs once they come back. And although the eggs are quite similar, sometimes if they are able to find the odd one out, they'll drop that egg off the nest. However, when the eggs hatch, their parenting instincts kick in and they will raise the youngling as their own. There are many more stories here, but that's for later. Now, there is one more bird of the cuckoo family. A jungle crow-sized bird which prefers to walk about in open areas and by the undergrowth, looking for prey such as garden lizards. I'm talking about the greater cockle. Oh yes, I had forgotten about this guy. Quite different from its family as it is not a brood parasite, preferring to incubate its own eggs and raise its young. It has white chestnut-colored wings set upon a glossy black body, having a long and broad black tail and characteristic red eyes. In Tamil, it is known as Kalli Kaka and in Marathi as Bharadwaj. It makes a series of deep hooting sounds. Sometimes it is also referred to as a crow pheasant. When I was reading about this bird, I found that both male and female share all domestic duties. This is true for a lot of birds it seems. Birds are so much more progressive than humans and very hardworking as well. True, we do have a lot to learn from them. Now if you remember, we spoke about a member of the bulbul family, the red-vented bulbul in our last episode. Another member that is commonly cited in gardens and urban habitats is the red-whiskered bulbul. Both of them are similar in size, but the red-whiskered bulbul has a more pointed and longer black crest, a red ear patch and also a red vent. It is brown above and white below, wearing a broken black necklace on its breast. Wow, Mariam, quite a tongue twister there. 
It is widely found across India except in arid or dry regions like northwest India. It prefers hilly mountainous regions and thus gets its Hindi name pahadi bulbul. While the red-vented bulbul which has no such preferences gets its name reference in Malayalam natu bulbul implying a country bulbul. You will find a similar reference in Telugu in the now famous award winning song. Can you guess? Natu 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 natu. Yeah, the rage is everywhere. Even mm. our podcast is not spared from it. Mm, I must say. Like the red-vented bulbul, the red-whiskered also feeds on fruits and is usually found in small groups or in pairs. However, if you notice the red-whiskered bulbul has a more melodious song than the red-vented bulbul. Continuing with our list of melodious words, one can neither forget nor ignore this powerful songster, the Oriental Magpie Robin, a bulbul-sized bird with a white wing stripe, where the male has a blue-black head, neck, back, and breast, and is white below, while the female is slaty grey instead of blue-black and white below. It has a long black and white tail that is cocked up just like the Indian robin. Why are you giving me competition with the tongue twister? Mm. Blue, black, blessed. <laughs> the magpie robin is found across India except for very high altitudes in the north. During its breeding season, usually in summers, the male sings from a high perch to woo its females. I am sure the ladies would have been very impressed with this song. Also it appears the summer months bring out the best in birds, especially the quail, magpie robin and even the brown-headed barbet. Now Adil, do we have any raptors lurking nearby? Of course, the most common raptor, the black kite is often seen circling in the sky above, diving down for a prey or to grab a fish from an unsuspecting vendor. It is even seen scavenging on ground around human dumps. They are very urban birds. Fun fact, even though the name is black, they are actually brown in color but appear black from a distance. In flight, you can identify a black kite very easily by its distinct forked tail making the shape of the alphabet K. The Hindi and Bengali name for the black kite is cheel, probably a reflection of its call which is a very shrill whistle-like sound. Also, one of the Assamese names is chilana. I wonder why. Chilana in Hindi translates to shouting. I am sure all of you have heard this call. Unlike most raptors, black kites are very social and you'll often see flocks of them soaring and gliding on thermals in the sky above, looking down for food, always scanning the terrain. They even roost communally. Now I think let's clarify two terms here. Roost or roosting means a site where birds settle to rest or sleep. Can you elaborate on the term thermals, Adil? Sure. Thermals are body warmers that you wear during winters to keep warm. Oh, so come when... on. <laughs> okay. Thermals are rising air columns that are formed when the earth's surface gets heated up 
as the sun rises. Blazing sun causes hot air to form that rises vertically as it is lighter, while the surrounding cooler air which is denser thus descends resulting in thermal columns. The rise of hot air continues to an altitude where it ultimately cools down to the temperature of the surrounding air. Thus the raptors and few other birds ride these thermals to soar higher in the sky and to glide effortlessly. This is the reason you may find raptors perched in the mornings and during cloudy and rainy days, taking flight only when the sun is higher up and the air is warmer. Thanks, Adil. Even with birds you see every day, there are so many interesting facets to their behavior. On that note, should we press pause for now? Pause. Okay, <laughs> let's do that. We can continue to talk more about the garden and urban birds in the next episode as well. As usual, there are always more birds to discuss than we have time. We hope you enjoy listening to our chatter. Please check our Instagram pages for photographs of all the birds we have discussed in this episode as well as the previous ones. You'll find them as a compilation in our feed. All photographs have been clicked by my very talented co-host Adil. We will be back next Thursday with another refreshing episode where we will continue our bramblings about birds. Hey, you too have become a birdsmith. I mean a wordsmith. So stick with us and we'll take you along on wonderful birding trails across India. And as your understanding grows, we'll spice it up with other facets of being outdoors. Make sure to follow us on our Instagram pages. You can follow me on peregrinator.in that is P-E-R-E-G-R-I-N-A-T-O-R dot I-N And you can follow me on Mariam's Pick Clicks that is M-A-R-I-A-M-S P-I-C as in pick, C-L-I-C-K-S as in clicks. You can check our show description for our social media handles. Make sure to like, share and subscribe to our podcast on platforms of your choice, be it Hubhopper, Spotify, Amazon Music, GeoSavan, Ghana or even Google Podcasts. So make sure to tune in next week. Till then, happy birding! And a happier feeling. Goodbye!